the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black. Sitting in for CFP, Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. He and I have a 20-plus year relationship. He's a financial planner. I'm kind of a wealth accumulator. He's more of a wealth manager. I used to be a portfolio manager. He started in insurance. And uh, as we grew, our accreditations as we grew, we kind of said, hey, we kind of like each other. So that's where the basis of this show comes from. We're very one-two when it comes to helping you, in my opinion. I was putting together some notes for today's show, and I just thought I'd bring you up to speed. My car got broken into the other night. Uh, Many, many, many years ago, when cell phones were expensive to buy to the tune of $150, someone smashed into my car, broke a window, and stole a phone that wasn't working anymore. It was just I upgraded to a new phone. I left the other one in the glove compartment, and uh, I didn't know. But a couple hours later, I knew that I probably should not have had it in the car. Who knew that people would smash a window? Who knew that I would have to pay for the cost of that? Who knew that my morning would start off wrong? with like, why is there broken glass? Oh, no. And what I could have done... This had nothing in it. Now, then the windows probably still would have been broken. But maybe he saw a charger or something that said, you know, one, two. So just this last week, my car got broken into again. Nothing was taken. But in this case, it was left open. My other car got stolen because my spouse left a key in the car. Probably 10 houses on the street got hit. If you check next door or the video doorbell ring... They show you people and suspects up and down the street. There's a gang going around San Carlos, which is just insane to say. Because I live right next to Palo Alto, one of the richest neighborhoods in the world. Um, not like Beverly Hills stupid, but like tech prices stupid. All $2 million homes. We all have Teslas. We all have $100,000 vehicles. We all have beautiful ho- beautiful wives, beautiful kids. Our houses aren't that great. But there's a sense of safety because your neighbor makes so much friggin' fragging money. And that's where they get you. So they got a car, probably a $60,000 car, but that it was two years old. The depreciation was steep. So I'm going to end up losing my shirt on this. Not really my shirt, probably ten dollars to $15,000 in depreciation. Um, you know how they say when you get a car, you drive it off a lot, it depreciates? Yep. And then in the year of COVID, it wasn't driven much. So it was very lightly used. Oh, and it had new tires on it. 
and it just makes me crazy. Um, because had I, after the holidays, I unpacked the car and I was like, hey, your key's in the car, your purse is in the car, go get them. She grabbed the purse, she didn't grab the key. And it's because we live in a world of convenience of take the key off here, you take it, here's the, here's the key, you take the key, here's the key, here's the key. Wireless keys make it very, very simple to leave your keys in the vehicle. Lesson learned, right? I'll probably be down five to $10,000 for replacing it either as a 2019 or 10 to 20,000 for replacing it as a 2021. Uh, that's a financial lesson learned, right? Prevention of maintenance. Lock your car, don't leave anything in value in it. And if you want, you can even leave things like the glove compartment open. I don't recommend that. <laughs> I know people who leave sides of their car, nothing to steal. And you're like, whoa. But I want to dedicate a little bit of time to prevention of maintenance. Most Americans can't take a $10,000 hit on a stolen car. And that $10,000, not in my investment lifetime, but well, let's do it in my investment lifetime. Let's say it doubles to $20,000 in the year, seven more years out roughly. And that 20 becomes 40,000. So really to me, it's a $40,000 hit in the next 15 years in market cost opportunity. Do I feel horrible? No, I've got the ways and means to survive this hit. Does it suck? Hell yeah, it sucks. But you earn money, you invest money, and you save money. And it's important to learn all three concepts. In my 20s, I wasn't happy with my career path, so I started my own company. If I didn't, I would have maxed out probably about $120,000, $130,000, which is lovely. Do not get me wrong. To be a financial planner, to run an office, um, an investment advisor, that's beautiful. To work with another firm, like a big brokerage house where they're going to get their cut, that's where it sucks. Because you realize you're making other people lots and lots of money. So early in my life, to prevent getting capped in career earnings, I started my own business so that I could earn more money. Do you see where preventative maintenance comes in? Let me give you another example of preventative maintenance. When I was a wee young lad, not of Scotland, but close, me and my friend Brian Pash, I don't want to say his last name, um, we'll say Brian Pasta, and <laughs> it has an ending on top of it. Um, let's just say very, very Polish name. He and I, one summer in our junior year of high school, said, we need cars. It sucks being a teenager without a car. Mom and dad's car sucks, right? Mom and dad's car sucks. So this freak figured out how to get 18 parts of Mazda Miata parts. 1972 Italian uh, convertible. He got 18 barrels of parts, three bodies, for under $250. No engines. We had to build our own <laughs> engines. We had to do everything. Um, within reason. Within reason. Again, we weren't soldering metal to the, the frame or anything like that. But everything needed to be cleaned. Everything needed to be replaced. Everything needed to be modernized. So we got them running by the end of the summer. I know how to make a car. I know how to change oil. I know how to put in transmissions. I know how to drop a transmission. I know how to do all that stuff. Um, but what I quickly learned is... 
it's going to break down every two weeks because Rob Black built it, not GM. Um, also, just to note, to get two convertibles for under $250, it probably cost us about $2,000 tools because we're like, hey, do you have a wrench that does this? Hey, do you have a screwdriver that does that? Hey, do you have a torque wrench? Like, we had to go buy parts on a regular basis. Tools. So we get them running and then break down. Get them running and then break down. It stinks because you'd be in like a thunderstorm at a breakdown. But we built cars. We had some freedom. We didn't go out and, and I mean, that was our summer. And it's a skill I still have today, right? Where does this story go? Um, I found that a tune-up every two to three weeks prevented it from breaking down. I think you should look at your life that way. Whether it's counseling with your spouse so that you don't get into a bad marriage. Divorces are expensive. Marriages are expensive. With cars... Change your oil every three to 5,000 miles. I know you're like, but there's a conspiracy. The oil is actually designed to run a million miles. Just don't live in the world of conspiracies. Unless you really, really have to. Um, furthermore on this, think. let's think today on things that we can stop losing money on for letting them go bad. For instance, I stain my fence every three to five years. Um, if I can get an extra five to seven years out of it, I'm stoked. Fences are expensive to replace. I'd rather the next owner of the house do it than me. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, plus it's a fun project on the weekend. Let's talk all things financial. We'll talk about investing as well. Take a break. Be right back. You find Chad at chadburton.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the shoe. I'm sitting in for CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at chadburton.com. He and I have a 20-plus year relationship going back. We blended our firms, and ultimately, we decided to work with another bigger company to provide you with more services. I'm kind of uh, – I don't touch that part of the, the, the relationship at all, like at all. I prefer to be front-end to you guys. Um, and one of the things we do is I talk about accumulate wealth. He talks about uh, uh, keep maintaining it till the day you die, which is awesome because what you don't want to do, and I've seen this, um, I'll give you a good example. My in-laws, they've got a finite set of money. They were One was a teacher and one was a, a city worker. They both have pensions. California, there's it's enough to live off of, but they had rich parents or one set of rich parents who passed away and ultimately left about $4 million, of which the money started going fast. First and foremost, the tax man comes. Second, then the house remodel comes. Third, then the house burns down after the remodel, thus making all that remodel, which wasn't permitted, a big loss in insurance. To prevent that, he could have got permits. But when you're 70 plus years old, you're like, eh, just give me building that on. I don't care. Kind of thing. But he was lazy. He's got two daughters, and one of them has a working spouse, and one of them doesn't. <laughs> Let's just say I'm working. 
Um, so he's got one grandkid that has special needs, and then he's got two grandkids that don't. Let's just say I'm the one that has the kids that don't. So there's already starting to become big money issues where the money's been spent. Now, what's left is a house and a piece of land. And one daughter turned out to marry a, a prince, and the other one married out, ended up marrying a pauper. Now, again, do you think I'm putting my, my life on the line by talking about this on air and keeping my fingers crossed no one's listening? You betcha. Uh, I know you're saying you're not from Minnesota. You can't say you betcha. Oh, trust me. I got some Minnesota in me when I need it. Um, but the financial issues is, is, is insane because they made the successful daughter the executor of the will. I would not do that. Prevent your children from hating each other. There has to be a family friend who's on the younger side. So they're in their 70s and 80s. Find a friend, a friend who's in the 60s and 70s and say, I want everything equal between the kids. You're going to be the ex executor of my will. Um, and write some of the stuff down. Instead, he's given it to one daughter, and the other daughter's going to hate her sister. And the brother-in-law is going to hate the brother-in-law. And the special needs kid's going to be hated by the kids with needs, out needs. And money corrupts. Power corrupts. I, again, when I was a kid, I heard those things, and I'm like, no, no. I've got a brother. My mom passed away in January from COVID, and he wants, like, his settlement now. And, like, dude, we have to go through probate, and you have to file a taxes for 2021. She's just in the ground. You, you can wait more than 30 days. Until we know that there's no claims, we're not going to spend everyone else's money we're not going to give you your share because we're not going to ask for your share back. Money corrupts, death corrupts, power corrupts. After every year, my family, we would get together for Thanksgiving. Every year, Christmas and Thanksgiving, we would fly across the country. We would fly across the world. We would find each other. There was a beacon called my father. When he died, we never did it again. So things change, and what I'm—I guess the point of this segment is, <laughs> one daughter married well, one daughter married poorly. Marry well is a good lesson. Oh, I've worked in radio, and I'll, I'll say a name, and only she would know who she is. Her name was Heidi, and she was awesome. She was well put together mentally, like she was like one of those Fraser Crane radio producers, where you're like. Ah, she's the brains of the operation. He's just a mouthpiece. When she worked with me, this lady was magic. And as we got together, I mean, she brought out the best in me. She she brought out the best in the callers. The callers would call and say, I want to ask Rob about how to make a million dollars. She goes, no, no, no. What you want to do is ask Rob about how to make a million dollars. Where do I start? So later on, I find out she's in her late 20s at this point. As our relationship grows, I find out that she was married when she was 18. Uh, military man. She wanted to leave town. She wanted to leave home. Mom and dad, see the world. Marriage lasted a year or two. But to this day, it still haunts her. Um, financially, he basically wrote some checks against her that he wasn't supposed to. Physically, he demeaned her. Things like that. Now, she goes on to marry well and make babies and live happily ever after. But she could have prevented a big financial lesson early by waiting. 
marrying well is a weird trait. Chad has clients that I get to talk to their kids on occasion because I love doing stuff like that. I'm like, ah, oh, I see a lot of you and I see a lot of me and you. And um, to talk to an 18 to 22 year old male or female and say, here's what I wish I would known. Have fun in your 20s. Just do it on a budget. Have fun in your 20s. Just don't pay for other people along the way. Have fun in your 20s. Just remember that drawing your girlfriend or your boyfriend over the weekend with a bottle of wine is way better than going off to Barbados. Later in life, you deserve Barbados. Right now, you deserve intimate time getting to know your own body and getting to know your partners. Um, getting to know what 20s are like. Because from 0 to 18, your mama wiped your butt and washed your clothes. Probably. From 0 to 18, mama masked your peas and, and, and made dinner for you. So some people marry too young. Some people marry poorly. In the case of my sister-in-law, she married a very good-looking man who seemed to work until they got married. <laughs> and eight years later, let's just say... Uh, she could probably claim him as a dependent on her taxes. I am so in trouble if this gets out there. I should probably bag it right now. Um, oh, money and family or finances and relationships. And again, as a dad, you can't tell your kid who to marry and who to fall in love with. I don't think. But as my neighbor once said, um, when your kids are growing up, steer them the right direction. You know, just... Say, I really like that kid, Billy. And say, ooh, Tommy didn't look like he was having fun today. <laughs> like, can I do that? Is that moral? He's, oh, yeah. He's the same neighbor that taught me he only goes to single-ply toilet paper because he wants to prevent a plumber from coming to his house at $300 to unclog his kid's poop. Boy, that man makes a lot of sense, right? Preventative maintenance, marrying well, and single-ply toilet paper as well as a counselor. Can save you lots of do re me. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So, that last segment, I'm sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. I'm Rob Black. I went over really a lot of things that can go bad. I know most don't, but I've seen too much that goes bad. And maybe it's just my luck. Um, preventative maintenance is a big part of financial security. I've got a dog, 0110110. Um, I don't know what she identifies as, so I just give her a binary. And, I, I, and see, I just said she. I don't know what he, she identifies as, so I, I create a binary. Um, and I did it again. <laughs> I can't live in this new world, can I? The idea of preventative maintenance... I think is genius. When I go to the dog park and a pit bull comes in, I leave. I've got a dog who's a fragile, tender, hunting, running dog. She's athletic. If I don't go out with her for two to three miles a day, she will eat the couch. He, she will eat the couch. <laughs> so I preventively maintenance, right? Now you're saying, why did you just buy a Labradoodle? Uh, well, that's a good question now that I think about it. I wouldn't have to go, well, okay, so two to three miles of walking or running a day creates a healthier heart for me. 
So she, he is allowing me to live longer, I think. But when a, a fierce dog comes in, it can snap her neck. And I'd rather have her neck snapped than, how shall we say, a wound. The wound is going to be three to $5,000. The dead dog's going to be a dead dog. Now, I know you're saying, you are heartless. Listen to this. I've got two brothers who are injury attorneys or who started their attorney careers as personal injury attorneys. Well, that's not totally true. Their first real jobs as attorneys. My brother David was in the Marine Corps, and he had to pay back his college tuition by representing Marines who did horrible things to other human beings. So he had to prosecute them. And the following year, they were like, okay, guys, you're going to change hats. Prosecutor, you're going to be defender. Defender, you're going to be prosecutor. So he, he defended them subtly. So he had to go from, you are a slime ball. You do not represent the United States Marine Corps. Ooh-ah! To, he made a mistake. Let's give him a second chance. He understands it. So when they come out of military school, or when they come out of their military service, Barbara Davis was recruited by a top firm in the nation because they like military training. They like people who can get up early and say, yes, sir, no, sir. Law firms love military training. My kids were telling me they wanted to join the military for three to five years. It wouldn't terribly upset me because I think you get a lot of life learning from it, but ideally probably not, but I don't know. As a parent, you know where I'm going at at this point in time. So back to 01101101. Something I, I need to say is I chose a dog out of love. Um, I wouldn't get a pit bull or a German shepherd because as a financial expert, they're the ones that are likely to bite a human being. Now, I know you're saying, I've had a shepherd my whole life, and he's never bit anybody. I get it. I, I get there's a love component or something that goes into it. But I can tell you that the insurance regulators, when you call USAA or GEICO and get home insurance, they're like, do you have a dog? Because they know the number one claim of anyone coming into your house is going to be a dog bite. Preventative, labradoodle. Asking for trouble, pit bull mix. Do pit bulls deserve love? Yes. I'm just talking financially. I'm just talking financially. Um, with that same idea out there, when you invite anyone into your home, just know that you're inviting potential litigation. I know you're saying, you must be a lot of fun to be married to, Rob. Yeah, I am. Because <laughs> the guy I play on radio and TV is not the guy I actually am. Within reason, but I've got a patio that's got some uneven cement on it, and I'm trying to put it off. And you know, any time, you know, I hate trees. I know you're saying trees are the greatest thing on the planet, Rob. They give us oxygen. They're they're beautiful to look at. I hate trees. Let them all grow in Brazil. I don't want them in my yard because when they're in your yard, they put down roots, and when they put down roots, they, those roots go into your sewage line. Your, your toilet's backing up and you're like, kids, what's wrong with your poop? Is it made out of steel? And you start yelling at your kids and they're going to grow up with psychological issues that they've got steel made poop. And then it turns out there was a root tree root that grew into the sewage line and it's blocking it there. Or a tree root that grows in your, your patio and, and pushes up the cement that causes a, a little bit of a, uh, a lump. And then a, a kid comes over and he's playing in your backyard and he trips over that uh, uneven cement. And God forbid he gets hurt. And the dad's like, what happened, Junior? And he goes, I don't know. I was just like walking in the backyard and I fell. And the dad sees 
that his son Pinocchio fell on uneven payment. He's like, you can't have uneven payment. I'm going to sue you. I know you're saying this doesn't really happen. It really, really does happen. And, you know, uh, my brother David taught me a crazy lesson. He, you know, he's a Marine Corps attorney who goes into private practice, works for a big firm that goes to private practice. And working for a big firm, he worked for a personal injury attorney group. So he was an ambulance chaser, is rightfully said. And one woman or one family that I had to represent was an 18-year-old girl who died in a car crash on her birthday. Her best friend died, her best friend's best friend died, and the other best friend's best friend died. So four women were put to rest. Because on her 18th birthday, she got poop-faced. Went to a bar and drank, 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 drank. Now the story gets worse. They hit an uninsured driver. The total insurance involved was $100,000. To bury four 18-year-old girls for $100,000 is not easy. So the attorneys get involved. They're like, well, were they all 18? Did the bartender tab them? Did the bartender serve them more than two drinks? I don't know what the laws are on serving drinks, so don't get don't get mad at me for here. I don't go to bars. A, they're bad investments. $7 for a beer when you can get a six-pack for $7 just seems stupid to me. Um, but that's me. I personally would rather like take a gummy and sip on a beer at a ball game than drink six beers at a ball game. One's going to bankrupt you and one's not. Um, and again, I'm not endorsing alcohol or gummies in any way, shape, or form. That might have been just creative fiction. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, correct answer. Survey says, I'm a Richard Dawson fan. Out of all the family feuds, I'm a Richard Dawson fan. Okay, so inviting people in your home could be crazy litigious. Going out to drink could be crazy litigious. Having a dinner party at your home and having one person have too many could be crazy litigious. Prevention of maintenance. I, I know you, you think I'm, I'm being anal here. I'm not. I, I, I've seen people who have succeeded in life, and I've seen, I've seen hundreds and hundreds. I'm going to say thousands, tens of thousands of successes, and I've seen hundreds of failures. And the failures usually start with something like, I've been unemployed for three years, and I'm trying to hit it big in investing, or I'm disabled. And I want to use my disability check to invest. It's usually like the things just don't add up and people are trying too hard to do too much. It's like the uh, airplane mechanic that I knew. Uh, one of my friends that I dated, her dad was an airplane mechanic and he owned a home. Beautiful. Happily ever after. Except for he suddenly got the idea that he's going to take money out of his first home and buy a second home. And then he's going to take money out of his second home and buy a third home and take money. He suddenly became Donald Trump. He wanted to own all of land in Fremont. All property. I'm going to be the Fremont slumlord. And then the bad economy hit and he lost it all. A little bit of preventative maintenance. He didn't realize that leverage can come back and bite you. So I guess my point of this segment is labradoodles are better than pit bulls. If you want to financially succeed, um, no, I'm not going to go that far. Just look around your life and, and try to start adding stuff up. Um, I have two pairs of sneakers and I alternate them every day because the moisture inside is kind of what destroys them. 
Um, I, believe, I believe in preventative maintenance. If I'm going to wear a $130 pair of Nikes, and trust me, I'm wealthy beyond my eyeballs. I could never imagine having everything that I have. It's crazy. I could have 100 pairs of sneakers. I, I don't. But I alternate my sneakers, A, because I think the cushioning needs to reset every couple of hours, and B, because they get moist because I don't have feet that sweat. <laughs> oh, the segments I'm giving up. I'm so screwed with what I've said about my family today. And my extended family are my in-laws. I am so... Oh, it's time to wake up. Now it's time to get ready for my next show. Um, anyhow, the average American between the ages of 55 and 44, the median household net worth is about $121,000. Um, that's almost double that for people who are in their 50s and 60s. So people are in their 30s and 40s are pulling down the average. But people in their 50s or 60s have a bit more. People between the age of 55 and 64 tend to have a net worth of about $212,000. Um, a car got stolen from me. I'm going to take a five dollars to $10,000 hit. If I only had $212,000 net worth, that's huge. How about a lawsuit that you have to, you know, your homeowner's insurance is going to cover it minus a deductible. But that $1,000 deductible is huge. How about your spouse who backs up the vehicle into a steel pylon? And you're like, weren't you looking? And it's just, now you need therapy. 20 sessions are going to cost you $200 a session. That's $4,000, right? And then you have to get the car repaired. A little preventative maintenance goes a long way because the average person, 55 to 64, is worth about $212,000. Now, if you're on the higher earning side, it's about $1.1 million. That tells you that America is not very balanced. Those with high-paying jobs have done well with a bigger nest egg than the medium and the lower incomes. Take care of yourselves. Find CFP Chad Burton at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So, I'm Rob Black sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. Thanks for listening. You can find Chad at ChadBurton.com. Parent company, EP Wealth. You can learn more about it at EPWealth.com. If I was 20-something right now and I wanted to be an influencer, or for instance, I've got a niece who, is it a niece or a cousin? I don't even know. Family trees I'm not good with. But she's trying to become an influencer in beauty because she's six foot five. Unfortunately, her 2,000 followers are all her college friends. And she takes pictures every day. And I'm like, is she getting paid for these? And the answer is no. She's getting to use them, and other people are trying to, like, get this. I was married to a woman who was a model. No, she wasn't really a model. She took her clothes off for a magazine. But then while we're married, she's like, well, I'm going to go find a modeling job. And her modeling job was cute. She worked for a commercial photographer. And one of the pictures was her eating a bowl of cereal. And after our divorce, I'm in the grocery store. I'm like, oh, is that? That is. She's on a cereal box? 
So she got paid maybe $200 for a day shoot where she put on like a wedding dress, put on a ring and she's like all pretty. And, uh, she's eating a bowl of cereal and milk's coming down the spoon. They got thousands of commercial pictures of her. And one of them ended on a special K cereal box. Um, where does this one go? Oh, influencers. She was never going to make a career in modeling. She pulled in 200 bucks for a, a day gig. That's great. If I were to talk to my children right now and they're like, dad, dad, I want to be an influencer. I want to be a gamer. I'd be, why did she be, why did she do two things? Why did she do the gaming one? And why don't you do a, my dad is a, a financial expert. And he says, number one thing people waste money on are uh, single cup brewing. When you make a cup of coffee and it's costing you a dollar for a cup of coffee at home, that's a lot of money. Now, again, can you afford it? Probably. When I go to a hotel and there's those single cup serves, I grab them. If it's three to six of them, that's six bucks I just saved. Because my spouse is, you know, cake cup for me, cake cup for you, cake cup for me, who wants a cup of coffee? And suddenly you're like, that's six bucks of coffee. It adds up. I'm trying to help you prevent wasting money. I know. Um, I'm a tea drinker or sometimes a soda drinker. I'm a tap water drinker with a filter. I'm never a plastic bottle drinker. Um, because they're expensive. Now I can get into like the nitty gritty and say microwave popcorn versus buying a, a, a bottle of popcorn. If you can buy a jar of popcorn, it's a more fun experience to make it. And microwave popcorn doesn't work out financially for you in any way, shape or form. It's about 60% more because there's a lot more packaging that ends up in a landfill. Uh, bottled water is a waste um, and it typically comes from the tap. Dryer sheets are horrific. What's wrong with people that they need dryer sheets? You know, I can get into the vaccinate vaxxers versus anti-vaxxers and, and call a certain group like financially challenged or financially like uh, mentally uh, challenged with tough decisions. But dryer sheets, I could, I, I could start a war against people who use dryer sheets. It's chemicals that, that, that are left behind that make the, it's no. Each sheet's about three cents, two loads of laundry a week. That's $3.12 a year. I'd rather keep that in my pocket. I know you know, I like dryer sheets. This guy's a, this guy's a jerk. That's totally true. I'm a streaming TV guy because um, let's just say I've got two households, but also on vacation, I take the streaming with me. Whereas if it's wired in my home, I can't do that. When the kids want to watch their shows on Netflix, can I or not? Like it's, there's just little teeny tiny things that you can do better. How about this one? Um, cut down on groceries? Sure. Cancel automatic subscriptions? Yes. Buy generic drugs versus brand name drugs? Yes. Save money automatically through your bank account so it goes into a mutual fund or an ETF? Yes! Financial tips are easy. And if my kid was wants to be a video game influencer or a gamer, I'm like, well, you develop a shtick, become funny. Um, but also do a, a second one where you're like giving financial tips while you're playing. My dad, my daddy says buy generic drugs. He says anyone who buys brand name drugs 
are stupid. And maybe you'll get a following for being unique. I don't know. I'm big on on freezing leftovers, or I'm a big leftover eater. My spouse, she won't touch it. I could make a a, a seven-course meal, like a perfect filet, and the next day she's like, man, that was yesterday's food. I all I eat for lunch are leftovers. I'm like the the garbage machine of my household. I don't do it myself, but I wish I did. Um, I don't like libraries. I don't know if I have a thing with librarians. I find them really, really cute, and they're gonna ruin my marriage. Or if it's that I feel libraries smell like like mausoleums. Anyway, another thing you could do to prevent spending a lot of money that you shouldn't would be understanding the divorce, there's no winner or loser, both parties lose. And instead of lawyering up, consider an arbitration attorney, a divorce arbitration. Um, you don't have to attorney up in the state of California. Most attorneys aren't fault states. My wife is a slut. She slept with another man. She deserves nothing. Let's shame her and give her nothing. In some states, you're right. That's how it plays out. But in California, it's no fault state. So the idea of a divorce attorney is silly. Now, if you're worth a bazillion dollars like Kim Kardashian, I get it. You're really not fighting over, well, you're fighting over uh, just billions of dollars at that point in time. So when you get a divorce, remember that you once loved this person. And go go mediation, go to arbitration. It'll cost you ten to 15000 A lawyer's going to cost you 100000 and you both lose. That's money from both of you that goes away. And don't run out and buy new clothes or get a tummy tuck or anything like that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com.